We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Earlier this week, Claire Tippins shared a princess nickname generator, three pictures of her dog wearing a tutu, and two online quizzes, including what candy is your dream castle made of? Claire, your sharing has tipped the sugar scale and turned into oversharing. But have no fear, princess. Geico has something worth sharing with your internet kingdom, like how you can save hundreds on your car insurance just by visiting geico.com. No magic wand required. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports. If you use the promo code RotoWire, you can get a free deposit on DraftKings today. All right, it is Wednesday, October 14th, the year 2015. Nick Whalen here, joined as I always am by RotoWire's own Mike Doria. Mike, another Patriots win on Sunday, another Jaguars loss on Sunday. Getting kind of routine there, isn't it? It is, for both of us. Uh, I, I think a little bit more positive for you. 
obviously. And uh, the Jaguars are right in midseason form, just dropping games Definitely. left and right. And uh, they've, their their uh, injury report is loaded, so that's that gives you plenty of fodder for later on. Right, exactly. And I, I was talking with Eric Aturia, one of our NFL writers, about that just an hour or two ago. And it's like, not only are the Jaguars playing terribly on the field, they also have as many injuries as any team uh, in the league. So not a lot of great things going on in Jacksonville right now. Um, as we always do on Wednesdays, we'll go team by team. We'll go through all of the injury reports uh, for each team, all the fantasy-relevant guys. We'll touch on anybody who might be in your lineup this weekend or you might be thinking about playing. Uh, we'll try to provide as much information as we can uh, you know, as of Wednesday. So yeah, a couple as days. always, uh, just be aware of which teams are on by this week and next week, and uh, you know, that'll help out with your lineup decisions there. Yep, four teams on by this week. Oakland, Dallas, St. Louis, and Tampa Bay. Looking ahead to Week 7, Cincinnati, Denver, Chicago, and Green Bay. So those are teams that as we, as we get to them, as we go team by team, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about some guys that, you know, with that bye week coming up, maybe that, that might impact their status. Before we get into the teams, just a reminder, this podcast and all of our Rotowire podcasts are available on iTunes. They're available on Stitcher. They're also available at rotowire.com slash podcast. You can stream from there, and you can download MP3s directly from the site as well. All right, let's begin in the AFC East, as I think we always do, and we'll begin with the New England Patriots. Once again, no real fantasy-relevant injuries, uh, but they did suffer some damage this well, past week. yeah, you look at their injury report, and it's strangely uh, concise, which has been the, the case all year, and I keep on you know, waiting for that week where it's just loaded with uh, 15 names. Everyone ends up as questionable on Friday, but uh, they haven't gone there this year thus far. Uh, I'm not counting on that. Uh, I don't want to get too used to uh, the the Patriots' uh, new and improved injury report. But, uh, yeah, they, uh, the Patriots' left tackle, Nate, uh, Nate Solder, will uh, miss the rest of the season with a torn right biceps. And, obviously, directly, he he himself is not of fantasy import. But uh, any time a 5-0 team in which the offense is humming and the quarterback is doing great, loses the starting left tackle that's bound to have some impact so I wouldn't overreact to it I'm not saying bench Brady uh he, he was actually uh <laughs> you know uh, you're not saying bench Brady well you know obviously in in uh, season-long leagues that's not really an option but then when you sort of approach it from the daily the daily games angle then you're like looking for excuses to not play guys or play guys and and then you know the overthinkers might get in there and start thinking about oh Brady's line is a little bit uh depleted and uh you know he was uh sacked five times in the first half last week but uh uh you know I, I i think they'll pull it together they usually do with the offensive line marcus cannon is at least a capable replacement for solder but it's definitely worth keeping an eye on uh this coming week yeah like you said not much else to really talk about oh yeah with the Patriot. Uh, oh one there more is. thing i just wanted to jump jump in sorry uh brandon lafell who's on the pup list um he could return as soon as week seven, and his recovery is said to be on schedule. So just a, just a note there for people who might, you know, see him on the waiver wire. It might be time to, like, you know, pick him up a week too early versus a week too late. Uh, this is the guy that could definitely take that number two receiver back behind Julian Edelman. Right, absolutely. So continuing in the AFC East, we'll move on to the Buffalo Bills a team that has a ton of key injuries at key skill positions. They're hosting the undefeated Cincinnati Bengals coming off that big overtime win over Seattle. That's a noon game on Sunday. The Bills had a nice comeback win of their own. Tyrod Taylor uh, didn't really do much in the first half, but late in that game, ran well, made a couple plays, and, and ended up leading them past the Titans. He's dealing with a knee issue now. I think it sounds like it's MCL-related. The team hasn't really said much about yeah. it. 
EJ Manuel took most of the first team reps on Wednesday. Well, I mean, uh, at first it looked like it was a no-brainer that uh, Taylor was going to be out, uh, especially given you know, that he is a mobile quarterback and, and needs to be able to run to effectively play his game. But, uh, you know, he, he hopes to play this weekend. He's, he hasn't been ruled out by himself, by Coach Rex Ryan. He, uh, he got in some work today. Uh, like you said, uh, Manuel was handling the, uh, you know, a lot of the first-team snaps. Definitely something to keep an eye on because uh, Taylor has been surprisingly, surprisingly effective out of the gate for fantasy owners. Uh, right now, I don't know, I'd, I'd say there's probably about a two-thirds chance that he doesn't play, but definitely keep an eye on it because uh, you never know. Right, and there were reports earlier Wednesday that seemed to pretty much point to him not playing. Rex Ryan kind of came out after practice and clarified, you know, it, it, maybe we are leaning that way, but as of right now, certainly nothing definitive. Other bills on the injury report, Sammy Watkins, he continues to be limited. Uh, that was the case on Wednesday at practice. He's optimistic that he's going to play in week six, though, after missing the last two games. Carlos Williams was not seen at practice. He's dealing with a concussion, didn't play last week. He's questionable as well. LaShawn McCoy is also questionable. He didn't play last week either. Still dealing with that calf injury. Um, both, both Williams and McCoy, I think we really don't know much about right now, and it, we might have to wait till Thursday or Friday to get a little more clarity. Yeah, I'd really be surprised if uh, McCoy played. Uh, he, he was limited in practice today, which is a positive step. But uh, I, I think that all along he's been saying that he wants to be 100% before he returns to the lineup. He acknowledged today that he's not 100% just yet. Uh, looking ahead, the Bills have one more game after this week, and then they have the bye. So it wouldn't surprise me if maybe they held them out until their bye. But as far as this week is concerned, I don't think they're going to have either McCoy or Williams, who's still in the concussion protocol, which leads to a you know Booby Dixon, Boom Heron backfield. You know, uh, pick pick the guy with the cool nickname you like best and throw that dart. Dixon didn't really do much um, last week there. Seven catch, uh, seven carries for 19 yards. Three catches for 30 uh, for 20 yards, and then uh, you know Dan Heron kind of came off the street there, free agent. Nine carries for 28 yards. It wouldn't it wouldn't actually surprise me if both McCoy and Williams are out. That Boom Heron uh, ends up seeing the bulk of the carries for the Bills. All right, looking at the Miami Dolphins, the only guy we're really keeping an eye on, Deion Sims. He hasn't played since Week One. Uh, just was targeted once in that game. Doesn't have a catch on the year. So. The Dolphins are relatively healthy coming out of that bye week with a new coach, um, obviously trying to save their season after what's been a completely disastrous start for a team that I think a lot of people expected to kind of sneak into the, the back end of that AFC playoff race. Um, so they're at Tennessee, a good chance you'd think to win that game at the noon game. But I mean, this team was such a mess going into that bye week after the loss in London and after the firing of Joe Philbin, all the, the reports surrounding Ryan Tannehill and his conduct toward the practice squad. So, so much going on with the Dolphins, but at least they don't have to worry about injuries. Right. Well, they've, they've had a chance to regroup, uh, you know, after that, that uh, extra time following their, uh, their, I would say, vacation, but they actually uh, I don't think that was a very fun vacation. In, the, in London. But, uh, yeah, the one thing I want, I, I'm interested in seeing is, is how and when Devontae Parker becomes, you know, more and more a focal point of that offense. I mean, I think as time goes along, it, it, it seems logical that he'll get there. Kenny Stills was kind of the guy in um, you know last time they played, uh, but I think Parker is a guy to watch. Uh, you know, new coaching staff. I, I think you know he may be their guy. You know, head, head, you know moving forward. All right, let's finish out the AFC East with the New York Jets. They're home against Washington at noon, coming off of a bye week as well. Of course, they played Miami in London two weeks ago. 
Chris Awusu did not practice on Wednesday. He had his knee scoped recently, so still coming back from that. Jeff Cumberland, limited Wednesday. He's coming off a concussion. The Jets did release uh, a reserve tight end, Wes Saxton. I don't know anything about Wes Saxton, but I think that could be an indication that yeah. Cumberland's maybe close to coming back. He's the guy they signed to occupy a spot on the bench because uh, Cumberland was out last right. game, and now he was released, brought back to their practice squad. But, yeah, Cumberland, who thus far hasn't really done anything in fantasy despite – uh, the absence of Jason Morrow. Uh, he, it looks like he'll be back, but uh, not anything you really need to worry about in fantasy. No, no, not at all. And last note for the Jets, Bilal Powell limited Wednesday with a groin injury. He didn't practice on Monday either. Pretty much just going to be questionable going into week six. Yeah, and the thing but the thing with Bilal Powell, um, you know, if he does play, he's a change of pace back. Chris Ivory, healthy, productive, getting the bulk of the carries. And at, at best, Powell gets some third down work and, and the occasional carry. All right, let's move to the AFC North, Mike. We'll start with the Steelers. They're home against Arizona. That's a noon game. Martavis Bryant is not on the injury report. Kind of an odd situation with him in week five. Was eligible to come back after being suspended for the first four games of the year and then wasn't active. Yeah, that was a, that was a little odd. Uh, he was reinstated from his suspension by the NFL, as expected. Um, well, as was required because he served a suspension. <laughs> But uh, once he returned, and, and he got the uh, the usual roster exemption there that uh, players that are back from suspension typically typically get, that's usually just a formality. But in his case, he tweaked his knee early on last week in practice, so the Steelers didn't technically activate him to their 53-man roster in advance of Monday night's game. So he didn't play, but then on Tuesday, they, they added him to the active roster, and today, Wednesday, he's not even on the report. So whatever his knee issue was, it was minor. I guess they just didn't want to rush him back, you know, for, you know, whatever the, the injury was or possibly even to get him some uh, more conditioning work in there because he, you know, hasn't really been running in the offense there for a while. So uh, he's, he's back in the mix. A um, little bit of a risky play this week in his return. I mean, last year he uh, – he, did a lot of damage in 10 games, you know, with 26 catches, but eight of them were touchdowns. Um, his return, um, you know, regardless of who the quarterback is for the Steelers, and it's looking like uh, Big Ben's out at least this week, uh, possibly one more after that. But it, uh, Bryant's return probably impacts Marcus Wheaton the most. Um, Wheaton just had one catch last week. Of course, it was for 72 yards, but that's a guy who didn't really seize the opportunity when Bryant was gone, so... Bryant's going to be back in the mix, running with Antonio Brown. So that's an interesting, um, you know, addition to their team. And then, it, you know, probably in a couple of weeks, Big Ben will be back, and then the Steelers' offense will finally be intact. Yes, Ben Roethlisberger, like you said, expected to remain out in week six. Did return to seven-on-seven seven drills uh, on Wednesday, so definitely a step in the right direction. Sounds like his rehab is going well. But again, not expected to play in week six. Pittsburgh doesn't have its bye until week 11. So you really yeah. can't plan around that. I, I think they expect to have Roethlisberger back at least a couple weeks before that. Yeah, I'm thinking that uh, they're you know generally targeting week, week eight, although next week I wouldn't really rule it out. But if you follow the Steelers this week, you're probably going to hear Big Ben saying, oh, taking it a day at a time, day to day. Tomlin will probably chime in that, that way right. too. But it would be a major surprise if, if Roethlisberger was able to play this week. Yeah, Michael Vick. Obviously didn't look great overall uh, in that Monday night win over yeah, San Diego so, with that final drive. A couple yeah. nice throws, made some plays with his legs to get them down yeah. uh, you know, in, into the red zone, and then made that nice throw to Heath Miller to get them in position for that final score. I mean, the previous game, um, 
you know, the result wasn't what they wanted, but he played better. And this time, well, maybe he had a bit of an mm -hmm. off night, but uh, that's a big they, win. They, way. they got the win, and you know, Le'Veon Bell is back in the groove, you know, from his suspension. And uh, you know, they they can they can run the offense through him as long as Big Ben is out. Antonio Brown has been a little bit quiet um, lately, but uh, don't expect that to last too long. Uh, once once Roethlisberger is back in action. He'll get his minimum five catches a week, and and uh, if there's a time, there, there is a, there was ever a time to make a low ball offer for uh, Antonio Brown, it would be now. But uh, chances are that's not going to play. All right, a couple guys we're looking, uh, taking a look at for the Baltimore Ravens. They're at San Francisco. That's one of the late games on Sunday afternoon. Steve Smith fractures in his back. Practiced on Wednesday because yeah, he's course. Steve Smith, and yeah, you know yeah. what else would he do? Lorenzo Taliaferro, right? The Lorenzo Taliaferro was placed on IR with a foot injury. Justin Forsett did not practice. He's banged up with a bit of an ankle ailment. If he can't go, or if he's limited at all, I think Javorius Allen is the guy that a lot of people will keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some. I mean, we shouldn't you know gloss over the Ravens so quickly here because uh, Steve Smith, before his injury, he was putting up some great numbers. Um, I, I'm, I don't get a great feeling that he's playing this week. Uh, if anyone's going to tough it out, it's him. 50-50 uh, at best uh, at this stage. Kamar Aiken could thus, uh, you know, retain some fantasy relevance this week, uh, you know, filling in for Smith. Definitely keep an eye on that. But, yeah, I mean, with Talia Faro on, on IR, Justin Forsett got, got his ankle rolled up on uh, last weekend. Uh, didn't it, it looked like a kind of a painful injury there, so – it wouldn't shock me if, um, you know, Javorius Allen ends up getting the start or if Forsett is active but doesn't really see that many touches. So Javorius Allen, in, in all formats where you're, like, looking to quietly play, play a guy who doesn't have the big name, uh, it might be a good week for that. Yeah, and for the sake of my fantasy teams, I am praying that Justin Forsett doesn't get that inactive status. Cleveland Browns, they host Denver. Uh, Browns are coming off of a... An interesting week, a, a nice overtime win over those Baltimore Ravens. They played Denver in a noon game on Sunday. Robert Turbin was a limited participant, and Sean Drone. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Is it Drone yeah, or Drone? Drone. Sean Drone. Might as well add that uh, Isaiah Crowell was a limited participant today. Josh McCallum was as well. Uh, out of that group, uh, the guys that we care about are Crowell and maybe McCallum now that he put up monster numbers last week. I think they'll both give it a go, but definitely keep an eye on those guys. Turbin is a guy that he's just working his way back into game shape after you know an ankle injury there, and um, yeah, I mean, Josh McCown, he had like 17 million yards last weekend. Uh, he was go, he had to be the number one fantasy quarterback, right? I mean, this yeah. is a weird week. We had, I mean, McCown I think rushed for a touchdown in that game. Joe Flacco rushed for a couple touchdowns. Fifty-seven passing yards. Yeah, yeah, such well, a bizarre we, game. Blake we, Bortles had we four touchdowns that last week, but you had to cut it out for time. Oh, that's right. right, right. I think we've we've had a couple picks like that. We just keep having to cut out. Um, we'll finish <laughs> no, out. I mean, ahead. it's 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 just funny that uh, you know everyone was so down on McCown mm -hmm. uh, earlier in the season and. The, random, the randomness of fantasy is demonstrated by right. Josh McCown throwing for 400. Yeah, and the, the, the people yards. clamoring for Johnny Football were a little bit quiet uh, after that win. Cincinnati Bengals, again, they're undefeated, uh, looking like one of the better teams in the AFC through the first five weeks of the season. They're at Buffalo. 
uh, a team that we mentioned has some issues at quarterback with Tyrod Taylor being banged up. That's a noon game on Sunday. Marvin Jones, uh, really the only guy we're keeping an eye on for the Bengals. He was limited on Wednesday with a foot injury. Sounds like he's likely to play. He had five catches and 61 yards uh, in that game against Seattle. Tyler Eifert really kind of stole the show in that Cincinnati passing game. But between Eifert, Marvin Jones, um, you know, Mohamed Sanu as kind of a, that third guy, and then obviously A.J. Green, this is a really nice-looking Cincinnati offense. Yeah, and, and I do think that Jones is going to be fine this week. Uh, and like you said, that's, that's a nice quartet of pass catchers there. Then, of course, Gio Bernard can you know catch passes out of the backfield. And suddenly, Andy Dalton is a viable fantasy quarterback when people are ready to write him off before the season, at least as a fantasy guy. All right, let's move to the AFC South. We'll start with everyone's favorite team, America's team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Another heartbreaking <laughs> loss to a probably inferior opponent uh, in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a 31-38 defeat there. And it was actually a very exciting game. I think I was probably one of only about 10 people to watch that game on Sunday, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, they get Houston now going back into their division uh, in the AFC South with second place somehow in that division on the line. Uh, that's a noon game. A ton of injuries for the Jaguars, uh, especially at you know, key positions. TJ Yeldon, he ended up leaving that game against Tampa Bay on Sunday with a groin injury. He was kind of in and out. He ended up catching a touchdown late in the game, but uh, was held under 40 yards rushing. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Although the good news, if there really is a silver lining here, is that Denard Robinson, who's missed the last few weeks with a knee sprain, was a full participant. And that kind of came out of nowhere because he was ruled out well in advance uh, of Sunday's game against Tampa Bay, and now all of a sudden he's a full participant. So if T.J. Yeldon is limited or if T.J. Yeldon doesn't play, it looks like Denard Robinson's going to kind of throw his hat into the mix now. Yeah, we'll see. Um, you know, like, like you said, he was ruled out last week, but I guess at the time they weren't as concerned about rushing him back because they had Yeldon healthy, they had Gerhardt in there. Uh, Pierce was available. And, it's, just, it's like a sad <laughs> sentence. Well, wait a minute, why would they rush him back? They got Toby Garrett. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. But now suddenly uh, Yeldon, Yeldon is, you know, he didn't practice today. Not, not really sure, but, the, you know, it's a groin injury. So, you know, those muscle pulls can be tricky. Um, yeah, we'll see. But Denard Robinson, let's not forget that, you know, last year when he had the chance, he came on, you know, early on and, and, and made some noise. So overall, he didn't uh, do enough for them to believe that he was the long-term answer. They drafted Yeldon. But now if, uh, if Robinson can, can come back uh, this week and, and Yeldon is either out or hampered, well, there, there's a nice little uh, week six plug in there for someone scrambling for a, a running back uh, you know, fill in there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like you mentioned, Denard Robinson uh, kind of did fly under the radar. And you know, obviously the Jaguars were so bad last season that they, they weren't a team that a lot of people were targeting as far as individual players in fantasy. But he had 200-yard games. Uh, you know, 5.8 yards per carry and six yards per carry, respectively, in those games. So a guy who he's a little bit faster than T.J. Yeldon. I think Yeldon's a much more complete back. But you know, you could do worse uh, for a one-week fill-in. Julius Thomas, a full participant at practice. Quick question: th- What is that? You said uh, you and nine other people watched the game last week. Yeah. So uh, how did he look? Like, did he look like the the hand issue was a, a problem? I, I, I realized that he didn't. He didn't do he, much. He didn't do much. But was it because? He was limited or, ju- or no just I don't I mean it wasn't he didn't look limited I mean he only had three targets I think it was two catches 20 yards which is surprising because you see Bortles top 300 yards four touchdowns I mean they got in the red zone and you know it was just it was kind of the usual suspects doing the damage Hearns um TJ Yeldon caught a, a, a short touchdown in the red zone Alan Robinson had his typical production but yeah I mean it's weird because they we've talked about this before they're going no fullback this year with two tight end sets so you, you'd think the volume would be there the opportunities would be there and you know, Julius Thomas has only played one game, so it's such a small sample size. But 
Mercedes Lewis and Clay Harbor really didn't do much at all through those yeah. first four weeks. I mean, I think uh, this might be the week that Julius Thomas, uh, you know, mm-hmm. gets it going. But, uh, you know, it's always risky to uh, to go with a, a player that uh, was coming back from an injury there. That first week. In the first week. So, right. yeah, you know, might be some hidden value there. But, yeah, not not really much going on in his, in, in his return. Right. And, of course, the news with him is that he's not on the report. And, I mean, until he suffers another injury, uh, he's pretty much healthy going forward. Marquise Lee remains on the injury report with that hamstring, held out of practice again Wednesday. He's missed the last and two Marquise games. Marquise Lee, Darren McFadden wants yes. his hamstring back. Yeah, Marquise McFadden, essentially, um, you know, another questionable designation as of midweek. We'll find out, I guess. But you know, if you're a Marquise Lee owner, if you're some for some reason still holding on to him, um, a very tough guy to trust. Alan Hearns did not practice on Wednesday. He's dealing with both an ankle and a thigh ailment. He was in the same exact scenario last week. Yeah, you know, looking back at at his his designation, the Jaguars answer to Steve Smith. He is, he is. But he had back. He has now had 116 yards exactly in back to back weeks. Touchdowns in three consecutive weeks. I had him, I have him on two teams. And I haven't started him at all because I don't trust him. I don't trust the Jaguars' offense. But I think it might finally be time. Yeah, I mean, after back to back 116 yard games, um, yeah, you got you got to you got to roll the dice unless you're. Uh, your other options are, are strong. Um, you know, that said, it's going to be a little tough for him to keep up the pace. Yeah, I mean, but he is going against the Houston defense that just got shredded by Matt Hasselbeck. Yeah. <laughs> um, finishing out the Jaguars, Bernard Pierce, he's going through concussion protocol right now. This situation went from funny to pretty sad uh, quickly. I'm sure you saw that that um, play that he was involved in in that Tampa Bay game where he was – observed uh on punt coverage blocking for the other team i don't know if you have you seen this play no i have not so the jaguars punted and i think it was charles sims caught the punt for tampa bay and pierce runs down and just like starts blocking a tampa bay player like he like he literally like sealed off a lane and i think uh sims went like 40 some yards on the uh on the on well, the return, that's, uh, one more reason not to put Bernard Pierce in, well, right. in your uh, in your lineup. Exactly. Well, at first it was like, what is he doing? And then it comes out that he had maybe had a concussion yeah. before that. So, so he's that's in... not totally funny. But... Right. Exactly. I mean, yeah. it was funny at the time until people realized he might have had a concussion. So he's in protocol again with Denard Robinson active. Sounds like Pierce is probably going to take. And, and your quarterback. Yeah. He so he's. Ele- I was saving the best for last. Oh, yeah. Blake Bortles coming off that four touchdown, three hundred three yard performance. Looked like there might have been an issue with his shoulder. He was diagnosed with a grade one AC joint sprain uh, on Monday, but now practicing full on Wednesday, it looks like he's going to be good to go. Now, is that uh, his shoulder is okay or fear of Chad Henney? Uh, a little bit of both. Well, they signed, what, Jeff Tool, I think, earlier in the week. So it, it's just a complete lose-lose situation, uh, regardless of who they go with. The Tennessee Titans, uh, they host the Miami Dolphins coming off of a bye at noon on Sunday. Anthony Fasano. He is limited on Wednesday with a concussion. That's really the only note we're keeping an eye on with, t- with uh, Tennessee. Yeah, right? for the most part. Uh, I mean, uh, Delaney Walker is really the, the tight end of interest there, fantasy-wise anyway. Uh, not that there's an injury in play, but if you, if you want to get a headache, uh, look at the, the, the Titans' last box score, uh, and they're, at least in the running back department. Uh, Marcus Mariota led the team in rushing five carries, 47 yards. Dexter McCluster, eight carries, 20 yards. Bishop Sankey, seven carries, 20 yards. Uh, Antonio Andros, seven carries for nine yards. It's just like kind of a worst-case scenario, like a bad committee, you know? It is, yeah, a committee that you really don't like any of the options within, and they all just kind of detract value from each other. The Houston Texans, they get the pleasure of playing 
at Jacksonville. That's a noon game on Sunday. C.J. Fedorowicz limited by a neck injury. Opportunity knocked for C.J. Yes. And now he's, he's technically the starting tight end, but has somehow been targeted only six times in five games, which seems which is actually remarkable considering haven't they had multiple games with like 50-plus pass attempts in that offense? Yeah, you know, the the whole Garrett Graham, uh, Fedorowicz, uh, tight end uh, explosion has never really happened, um, you know, in that offense. Shocking, right? I mean, you harken back to the days where Owen Daniels was getting it done <laughs> in, a, uh, in, a Houston, guy. in a Houston uniform. But uh, new coach, new system, and, uh, you know, quarterback of the week club. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a, it's it's a, it's a tough tough to be a tight end in Houston. Other Texans were keeping an eye on Arian Foster was limited on Wednesday. He's of course expected to play. Saw a little bit of an increased workload in his second week back this past week. A couple other running backs though, Jonathan Grimes, he was limited by a hamstring injury Wednesday. Alfred Blue didn't practice with a toe injury, and then two receivers were looking at Nate Washington didn't practice. Cecil Shorts did practice, and he had a shoulder injury. Yeah, I mean basically those those two running backs, they're not really. Uh, of, of great interest right now that Arian Foster is back. Foster saw his workload increase last week to, to 19 carries, uh, got heavily involved in the passing game. So as long as he stays healthy, he's going to get the bulk of the carries. I mean, that's the, the Houston's one chance to get it going is to run an effective running game through uh, Arian Foster. So Grimes and Blue, they're, they're, they're back to their depth roles and uh, not too much to worry about there other than you know, Houston needing that depth. But uh, Nate Washington doesn't look like he's going to be able to give it a go this week, or at least Cecil Shorts, who dislocated his shoulder in week four, looks like he's closer to, to a return, which uh, which is good news for the Texans. Uh, Keith Mumphrey and Jalen Strong uh, saw added looks uh, this last week. Strong turned both of his catches into touchdowns. A little deceiving there. I wouldn't necessarily buy into that. Mumphrey had, uh, you know, more of an opportunity in terms of targets, but, you know, they'll go back to uh, DeAndre Hopkins getting 17,000 targets and uh, the rest of the guys fighting for scraps. All right, the Indianapolis Colts, they draw the New England Patriots, albeit at home, uh, on Sunday night. Tyler Varga, he was placed on IR with a concussion uh, this past week. Ahmad Bradshaw signed with the Colts, so they're adding a little bit of of depth to that backfield he last played for the team of course last season played in 10 games had 90 carries for 425 yards I mean is this a guy you're really looking to for any kind of value at this point or is he just pure depth not immediately I mean Frank Gore has actually you know picked it up of late Um, I think he's just the the Colts are wisely adding you know veteran depth uh, you know a guy who can also help out as a pass catcher a guy who's experienced in that offense Bradshaw's main impediment uh, to you know being a, a viable option has just been his his inability to stay healthy so they have him now he's healthy at the moment uh and it, it's just a nice uh you know fallback plan if anything happens to frank gore but you know we continue to wait for the wheels to fall off on frank gore and you know he keeps on ticking he's kind of like the timex of running backs and uh and you know more importantly uh what's going on with andrew luck i mean he was limited in practice today and you know got the same song and dance from the coach yeah, you know, uh, I'm pretty optimistic. Uh, he threw well. Uh, I mean, I would be surprised if he doesn't play, but it's 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 no longer the slam dunk that he's going to go this week. So definitely keep an eye on that. But, I mean, if the Colts uh, are, are looking to uh, upset the Patriots, I think obviously they want and need Andrew Luck back there. 
All right, let's move to the AFC West. Uh, as we look up and down these four teams, really not a whole lot of injuries heading into week six. The Kansas City Chiefs. Not a whole lot of injuries. Not a ton. I mean, what I don't have a... Jamal Charles? Oh, well, not... I mean, we're talking pure oh, volume, maybe in terms of, of individual impact. Oh, of course, that's big. quantity, not quality. Quantity right. over quality, this always, the, this always. quality. Quantity over quality on the Road to Wire podcast. The AFC West, Kansas City Chiefs, they're at Minnesota. That's a noon game. This Chiefs team, I mean... Uh, ever since that the late fumble against Denver on that Thursday night, it's just been a complete drop off. And then all of a sudden, they're a one win team. And certainly on the outside, looking in at the playoff picture, things obviously got a lot rougher this last week. Jamal Charles tearing his ACL. The team confirmed uh, either Monday or Tuesday. He's been placed on IR now, done for the season. Charkandrick West and Niall Davis are probably the top two guys we're looking at. Davis is listed ahead of West on the depth chart, but it was West who got more carries after Charles went out. Yeah, that, that that one is probably the the, the hottest topic uh, in in fantasy this week because you know when when a guy of Charles's caliber uh, goes down, then obviously there's a you know great void to be felt uh, to be filled in uh, real and fantasy terms. And um, I mean he's out for the year, so that you're gonna get uh, you know uh, eleven games worth of value out of one or both of those guys. Now, Niall Davis in the past, he's he's kind of a He's 5'10", 227 pounds, kind of a power back with decent speed. Uh, he's actually filled in well for um, you know Charles in the past when Charles was injured. So it's a little bit of a surprise that over the last couple of weeks, it was actually West that was getting kind of the, uh, the backup carries uh, to Charles, uh, including this past weekend once Charles went down. But I think, you know, overall, and, and it, Coach Andy Reid has, has said this, it's going to be some form of committee. I mean, he he recognizes Davis's ability as a downhill runner, but he compares West in in terms of, of of style at least and quickness to Jamal Charles. So I think it's just going to be like a one-two punch. Um, you know, if a hot hand emerges, then it then it might tilt um, heavily in one direction or the other. But if you if you just want to like uh, try to oversimp- oversimplify it, I think that Davis is going to see a lot of the work around the goal line. West will be a little bit more involved in the passing game. They'll they'll split the carries somehow. It we'll just have to see. Um, but obviously they're both hot pickups. Um, chances are Davis was drafted in a lot of leagues as, as Charles's handcuff, and unless he was cut, uh, West is a guy that was definitely floating around on a lot of waiver wires. So in some of the leagues I've been in, there were some very aggressive uh, pursuits of of West. Now in in daily leagues, I'm, I mean, their their prices. I'm not, I'm not sure what their price tags are, to be honest with you, but uh, it might be worth a dart at one or both of those guys um, if the price is right. But uh, kind of a wait and see uh, situation, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of people that assume that Davis would naturally be Charles's backup were a little bit disappointed what happened last week, and may have overreacted to the fact that West saw more of those carries. So don't count on West being the guy, uh, and don't give up on Niall Davis just yet. Yeah, both very good points. Albert Wilson, um, the last time we want to talk about from Kansas City, he's not on the report, had previously been dealing with a shoulder injury, so they should be getting him back. The Denver Broncos, they're at Cleveland in a noon game. The Broncos just keep chugging along. They're not winning pretty football games. Uh, Peyton Manning not playing very pretty football. I think he's one of the the lowest-rated passers in the league. He's right up there in interceptions. We can all agree that... That, that chicken parm tastes good. But, yes, uh, it does. Pey- Peyton Manning's uh, 
throws are not uh, the, quite the picture perfect uh, tosses that they used to be. But no, that defense though. Yeah, they got the defense. Um, you know, they've got running backs that that can get it done. I mean, C.J. Anderson's been a little bit of a disappointment for fantasy owners, but you know, when your team's five and zero, you know, let's not quibble with that. Juwan Thompson. He had a hamstring injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Kind of a backup guy for them. But, you know, in Denver, as we've seen over the years, anybody is is poised to break out at any time. Uh, Demarius Thomas, he didn't practice with a neck strain. That happened back in week four. Did some work on the side Wednesday. Sounded like more of a rest and and recovery day more than anything. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if he's not out there, at least in limited capacity on Thursday, Mm -hmm. trending towards a probable designation. Um, And, yeah, he's he's definitely – I mean – Emmanuel Sanders actually outperformed him last week, but uh, yeah, Thomas is definitely a, a must start as as long as he is anything you know questionable or better. Right, as long as he's report. on the field, he's a must start. Yeah. The Oakland Raiders they're on a bye week, so we move to the San Diego Chargers. They get a tough matchup coming off of a very difficult a walk off loss, which you don't see very often in the NFL. Uh, a game ending on a non field goal play, basically a touchdown as time expires, doesn't happen very often. Chargers were on the wrong end of that as Le'Veon Bell took the snap and kind of found his way, matriculated into the end zone uh, off left tackle. They now draw a tough matchup at Green Bay, uh, and that's actually a late game. I think I have here that it's a noon game, but it's a late afternoon game at Lambeau Field. Steve Johnson did not practice on Wednesday with a hamstring injury. He didn't play in Monday's game, and they're listing him as questionable at this point. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously it would have been a good sign if he practiced on Wednesday. He did not, so um, yeah. the good news for the Chargers is that they got Antonio Gates back, and not only did he come back, but he he he, he kind of dominated, you know, with uh, nine catches, 92 yards, a couple touchdowns on 11 targets. Uh, bye-bye, Ladarius Green, fantasy value. And obviously they didn't really miss Johnson that much. Uh, you know, Keenan Allen got his 10 targets. Malcolm Floyd was targeted four times. So Stevie Johnson had a, a nice window there early on in the season. Um when when Gates was out, uh, obviously Gates is a tight end, but sort of just that the the, the medium range targets that uh, that Gates is uh, going to pick up now. Uh, I guess Johnson, when he does come back, he might he might find a lesser role there. Fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting in Week Six. DraftKings will be hosting yet another Millionaire Maker event. This time, one point two million dollars goes to the first place winner. Go to DraftKings.com now. You can enter the promo code ROTOWIRE. That'll allow you to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. Again, that promo code is ROTOWIRE, R-O-T-O-W-I-R-E. That'll get you a free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com, this is not fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. All right, let's move now to the NFC. We'll start in the East. The Philadelphia Eagles, they host the Giants. That's a Monday night game this week. No real injuries that we're keeping an eye on for the Eagles right now, other than Nelson Aguilar is a little banged up. Yeah, I mean, the guy's a first-round pick, but uh, right now he's a bit off the fantasy radar. Um, you know, you got Jordan Matthews playing well. Uh, the uh, the running backs actually showed up this week. Uh, so while the, the offensive uh, juggernaut that, that we expected hasn't quite transpired overall, uh, you know, picked up a little bit this last week. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like you said, they – they didn't look great in the first half. Another uh, weak start. They go four and out. Uh, actually, not four and out. I guess they, they went out on downs, I should say. I'm not sure the right way to phrase that. Uh, on their first drive, picks on the next two drives. And 
you know, at that point, fans are calling for Sam Bradford's head, but then this team comes out in the second half with 30 or 29, excuse me, second half points and really kind of blew the Saints out of the water. So I think we're still far from being out of the woods as far as being able to trust this Philadelphia offense, but they at least look good for two quarters against what is a pretty weak New Orleans team. Yeah, that's kind of odd to, to say out loud, uh, you know, with uh, Drew Brees as their quarterback. Uh, we, we expected them to at least be competent, but they're they're off to a tough start. And, uh, you know, they they helped the Eagles turn it around just by being themselves, I guess. I, I've heard the Sean Payton to USC rumor more than once already. And uh, I wonder, I, I've Sean obviously... Sean Payton to the Dolphins. Right. Sean Payton to Panera. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I just think this team... And they're a team that we've talked about a couple times on the podcast. They're just at a crossroads right now. You know, you have a good quarterback, a veteran quarterback, an aging quarterback, surrounded by just not that many great weapons and not a great defense. And that's really not the best we- or the best recipe, I should say, for long-term success. All right, the Washington Redskins, they're at the New York Jets. That's a noon game. Matt Jones, a guy who people were rushing to grab in fab and grab off of waivers uh, around week three and four, really hasn't been really doing much since then. Limited Wednesday with a sprained toe. Um, Jordan Reed, he didn't practice on Wednesday, still dealing with a concussion. Deshaun Jackson, still limited by that hamstring injury. That's dating back to week one. Uh, But Coach Jay Gruden did say Jackson is, quote, very, very close. Yeah, in terms of Jones, um, you know, that's – he's been hit or miss. Chris Thompson has uh, produced some value, uh, you know, mostly as a pass catcher there in their backfield. Jordan Reed, uh, you know, he's got that concussion history, so uh, I wouldn't really count on him playing this week. And though – Jackson is definitely showing signs of improvement. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, Gruden said he's very close. He's another guy I wouldn't count on this week. Maybe maybe next week is a more realistic target. We'll see. But, you know, his absence has kind of opened the way for uh, Jameson Crowder to emerge as a, as a solid option, especially in PPR leagues. Eight catches, 87 yards on eight targets last week. And uh, there's a guy we weren't talking too much about a few weeks ago, and now he's helping out fantasy owners. Dallas Cowboys are on a much-needed bye week as they break in Matt Castle as their starter starting in Week 7. Is that correct? What's that? Is that that's correct, right? Yeah. The, oh, yeah, the, I, I, you, were giving me, you were giving me a, a look. I was like, oh, did I say no, something uh, wrong? But you no, said, he, you, said, you said break in Matt Castle. Oh, And yeah. then I started the— <laughs> Is that the, not the, the right terminology? The, the word play started being broken Matt Castle. Yeah, break and, in, broken. And I started thinking, well, Brandon Whedon's more broken. And, well, you know— <laughs> It didn't work out, the Brandon Whedon experiment. It didn't. Um, it didn't. He know. didn't play that poorly, but it didn't really produce the results they were looking for you, in the win column. You, you get a little tired of that. He can throw a nice pass, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, like uh, now they're going to Matt Castle, who's just kind of the, pl- the perpetual plan mm-hmm. B. This is, yeah, this is what he's been destined to do since I think the day he was born was just kind of vulture in as, as quarterbacks get hurt and, and suck up starts. But well, you know, you know, looking way back uh, in, the, in the history of Matt Castle, uh, did you attend Matt Castle 101 uh, at UW Wisconsin? UW Wisconsin? No, I don't think I did. I mean, he, yeah. I, know, I know a decent amount about him. He never even started a college game, did well, he? Well, yeah, that, the funny thing is, is that when he, um, when he went to USC, uh, he and Matt Leinart were kind of like the, the young quarterbacks that they brought, they brought in, and they competed for the uh, USC starting job. And, you know, at the time, it was kind of a coin flip between Castle and Matt Leinart. Um, you know, it's not necessarily that Leinart, you know, destroyed Castle in the, comp- in the competition. But, of course, Leinart got the job, kept it, you know, w- went on to be a first-round draft choice. 
and Castle, uh, who was you know a prized recruit, uh, you know never never started for USC. But but the Patriots were savvy enough to use a late round pick on him, and you know they got the perpetual Plan B. It was either the sixth or the seventh round. Yeah, Matt Castle attempted 14 passes in his entire college career and has parlayed that into the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, the New York Giants will finish out the NFC East. Their Monday night game is at Philadelphia. Uh, Victor Cruz yet to return to practice, still hoping to play on Monday. Still sounds like he's pretty questionable with that calf injury yeah, that comes on top of the knee happen. injury. No? Nope. Is Mike but, Doria a guarantee? Uh, no guarantees, but uh, yeah, that, that, that doesn't look very good. Uh, some of their other wideouts are banged up as well. Um, Odell, Odell Beckham, Jr., yeah, he he's banged up. Uh, Ruben Randall is banged up, but we'll, we'll find out more, um, you know, when the full injury report comes out tomorrow. But uh, definitely a hurting wideout core. I mean, uh, that last game, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. left the game for a while, came back in, caught uh, a big touchdown pass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so uh, you never want to bet against him. But you really uh, don't. Really but yeah, don't. keep an eye on the injury report. He's going to be on it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, right, yeah. and with them playing the Monday night game, they're a bit of a, a day behind all the teams playing on Sunday. Yeah, as long as that doesn't turn into any kind of game time decision for anybody there, um, you know, especially Beckham, um, I think it'll play out as expected with, with Beckham and probably Randall playing, but Cruz, you know, still out another week. All right, let's move to the NFC North. The Green Bay Packers, as we mentioned, they host San Diego. Let's not move there. The weather's no good. <laughs> well, we're, we're only about uh, an hour and a half or two hours south of there right now. It is starting to get chilly these days. I'm not used to this. I think we're going to be in like the 30s well, the, this weekend. The NFC North. The yeah, I'm, like, I'm getting out of here this weekend, actually, which is going to be nice. I'm going to South Bend, Indiana to watch the uh, Matt Castle's alma mater, USC, wow. play at Notre Dame, which... Seemed like a really cool idea at the time, and it, it is going to be fun, but we bought the tickets back when these teams were like, this was going to be maybe a top five versus top five matchup. Obviously, some things have happened with the yeah. USC program uh, to right. prevent that from happening, but I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun to see those well, teams. Well, you know, that's when you start looking at the weather report and mm-hmm. seeing how the weather's going to be. And then it's not going to be much better there, though. Maybe go that. to Yelp, best restaurants in South Bend yep. and, and stuff, and then mm-hmm. just... Just hope that it's a fun game and good weather. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a night game, too, so it's going to be a little chilly. But talking about those Green Bay Packers, they play home against San Diego. Again, like we said, that's a late game. James Jones, limited Wednesday with a hamstring injury, had the same designation last week. Yep, shouldn't be a problem. He'll go in there, probably catch a touchdown, and uh, make everybody who didn't pick him up immediately, uh, you know, when the Packers got him, uh, wince once again. Yep. But, much, uh, he just finds the end zone. I mean, he, what did he have in, in the was it last game? Two catches for seventy-seven yards, and I think basically almost all of that yardage and his only touchdown came on one long reception. And you don't know when it's going to happen, but at some point, you just you almost know he's getting in the end zone. Yeah, you know, and um, they, they they need him to. Um, <coughs> you know, with the Jordy Nelson out, um, Randall Cobb still you know toughing his way through a shoulder injury there. Ty Montgomery, you know, more than a blip on the radar last week. Four catches, fifty-nine yards. And a TD on five targets. Um, of course, that's because, uh, you know, Devontae Adams was out. Uh, don't really have a good read on his status this week. Uh, limited today. Uh, in his words, felt pretty good. Not quite there, but we're getting there. So he's trending toward a, a questionable designation and definitely worth keeping an eye out as the week rolls along there. Right, and Green Bay has a week seven bye. So, you know, if Devontae Adams is 
50-50, you think they maybe might yeah. lean toward holding him out just to get him that extra week. Green Bay tends to be conservative in that in that, in that fashion, wisely so. Um, you know, they're they're not really suffering record-wise. Uh, you know, with They're with, certainly not. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they they hold him out, but uh, you know, if he shows so much in practice that they're not worried about any sort of aggravation, he could surprise and play. All right, the Minnesota Vikings, they host Kansas City in a noon game. Mike Wallace, really the only name we're keeping an eye on here, didn't practice on Wednesday, hasn't practiced this week at all. Not really a fantasy consideration in that offense. Well, you know, he is in deeper leagues. Uh, I I think more importantly, uh, I think he's probably going to play, but definitely keep an eye on that. I mean, Charles Johnson is a guy who's also on the injury report, but, like, I don't think anybody even really cares anymore. No, no, Um, not at all. Those are both guys that – we're seen as maybe dark horse, you know, flex or wide receiver two on a short or, you know, on a, on an odd week when you have buys and injuries or something, but really not, no production, uh, at least consistent week to week production from either of those guys, the Detroit lions, they host the Chicago bears lions are the only winless team in football after getting beat down, uh, to, to the degree that Dan Orvlosky came into this game against Arizona in week five. Could, could we go full circle? The Owen 16 uh, that got him the franchise quarterback who, now has led them to 0-5. Oh, it, it, we very well could, the way things are going with this team, just turnover city. Eric Ebron was limited Wednesday. He suffered that knee injury week four against Seattle, the, the Cam Chancellor punch game. Uh, he ended up leaving in the first half of that one, hasn't played since. He's going to be questionable. Joyke Bell was a full participant on Wednesday after missing each of the last two games. Well, you know, Ebron um, is the kind of guy that uh, was expected to have a breakout year. It started out well. Um, not sure he's going to play this week. Like you said, he was limited. Uh, but the Lions could definitely use some spark, uh, wherever that comes from, tight end, running back, uh, whatever. Uh, you know, Matthew Stafford is, you know, taking a lot of criticism. Um, and, uh, you know, Joyke Bell, full participant in practice. He's missed the last couple of games. Uh, a lot of people were, like, you know, wanting to write him off with Amir Abdullah in the mix. But, Abdullah kind of found himself a bit in the doghouse last week with a couple of fumbles that led to uh, Zach Zenner uh, getting 10 carries in the game. So there is an opportunity for Bell. Um, You know, I'm not saying I'm super optimistic that he's going to uh, have a big week, but, you know, the opportunity is there because Abdullah, you know, there's nothing coaches hate more than than fumbles. So uh, might have to pump the brakes there on – the Abdullah Express, at least temporarily, as much as I like him and as exciting as he can be with the ball in open space. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that you hit the, hit the nail right on the head. NFL coaches do not like uh, players who fumble. I don't care how talented you are. The Chicago Bears, they're at Detroit. Eddie Royal did not practice. He hasn't practiced since week four. Alshon Jeffrey's still limited with the hamstring. He hasn't played since week one. And the other note for Chicago, a new one, Jacquez Rogers. He fractured his arm on Sunday, and he's been placed on injured reserve. Yeah, that's a bit of a tough uh, whiteout situation there. I believe uh, Josh Bellamy uh, was was limited today in practice as well, and he's a guy that filled in. Um, yeah, the the Royal not practicing doesn't really look good. Alshon Jeffrey, yeah, just wait and see. I guess um, he's. It's inevitable that he's going to be listed as questionable this week. Uh, you know, as more time passes, you feel that he would have a solid chance to play this week, but definitely keep an eye out, um, you know, as the practice reports roll in. Two divisions remaining. We move now to the NFC South. Another division, much like the AFC West, not a lot of volume for injuries, and part of that is because Tampa Bay is on a bye this week, so only three teams to talk about. The New Orleans Saints, 
They get the Thursday game, so a short week coming off that blowout loss to Philadelphia. Marcus Colston, he has a shoulder injury. He's considered doubtful. Yeah, so Obviously not, not much play. time. He's not going to play at this point. Um, you know, as we're less than 24 hours as we record Wednesday night from the start of that game. The Carolina Panthers, they're at Seattle. That's a late afternoon game on Sunday. A pretty underrated matchup. I think the Panthers are undefeated. They had a bye last week. They're 4-0. and uh, but I don't think a lot of people believe in this team. They have a pretty weak schedule. The The NFC South as a whole uh, is obviously very weak, and the way that the schedule works out for them and, and the Falcons, who are also undefeated, uh, I don't think people – I think people are a little hesitant to jump on those bandwagons. But, you know, a win at Seattle would certainly do quite a bit for that, a tough task to be sure. Jericho Cotri practiced in full. He hasn't played since week two. And on the IDP watch, Luke Keekley is expected to play. He hasn't played since week one. Kind of a scary concussion there where he, he looked a little woozy on the field, took a hit from the, the team trainer. That certainly didn't help. Uh, but it sounds like he could be on a pitch count. So if you're in an yeah. IDP league, you know you obviously want to get Luke Keekley out there. But if he's only going to play half the snaps or whatever it might be, uh, you might have to kind of give that a second thought. You know, we, uh, we just we went, we zoomed past the, uh, the Saints there. But uh, you have any uh, Willie Sneed ownership? I don't. I don't trust Willie Sneed quite yet. He's kind of in the Alan Hearn zone for me right now. Yeah, well, um, I mean, with Colston out, doubtful, and, uh, you know, the the word was that there might be some structural damage there in that shoulder. So, I mean, it looks like for a while there it could be the, the Willie Sneed, uh, Brandon Cook show. And, uh, you know, Drew Brees, no no more Jimmy Graham. Uh, he's got he's to, like, find someone to throw to. Those guys combined for uh, 20 targets last week, so – you know, Willie Sneed, a guy that kind of came out of nowhere and is now, you know, a mainstay in a lot of fantasy lineups against all odds. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Against all odds. We'll finish out this division with the Atlanta Falcons. They are at New Orleans, like we just said. That's the Thursday night game. Julio Jones, likely to play in this one. He's been kind of banged up really since week one or two. Been playing through it. Was very productive over the first three weeks. Not so much the last couple weeks. Atlanta's been able to survive. They got that pick six. Uh, in overtime to win over Washington on Sunday. Sounds like Julio Jones is going to be on the field, but he too could be uh, on a bit of a pitch count, much like Luke Keekley. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, he played a lot of snaps um, last week, uh, even though uh, he had those injuries there. But uh, yeah, he'll be, he'll be out there. And even if he does see limited snaps, they're going to find ways to get him in, into, into quality positions when they do target him. So it's almost impossible to bench Julio Jones in, in season-long leagues, but uh, some, definitely something to be aware of uh, when he's one of the highest-priced wideouts in, um, you know, the daily games. And, uh, yeah, you know, you might want to, like, turn to someone who a little bit more on the healthy side this week. Uh, don't get mad if, at, at me if Julio Jones, uh, you know, goes off this week. But there, there is an, il- an element of, of risk that he could either experience a setback or, like you, like you said, maybe be s- somewhat limited. Right, and, you know, if you were somebody who – early in the season was able to grab Leonard Hankerson and kind of handcuff him with Julio Jones. He is probable for Thursday's game, but still banged up with the rib injury. That happened this past week against Washington in the first half. Yeah, Ended up coming made, back to that game, but really wasn't as effective. Yeah, well, he's, he's essentially made Roddy White an afterthought. At least that's clarified. You know, stay away from Roddy White until something happens that will either keep Jones out for real, or, or if something well, It's basically to, stay away from Roddy White until the week that he goes off for 150 yards and two touchdowns and you have him on your bench, right? Right, I mean, that, well, that's, that's going to happen when something like serious happens to right. either Jones or Hankerson. Uh, as you mentioned, they're both on the injury report this week, but both expected to play. So, yeah, R- White has become a, uh, a, a well-paid blocker. Um, you know, there was talk that he, he might want out, but that was, you know, I think that was media manufactured. Uh, he's 
he's pretty much said that he wants to stay with the Falcons. Um, I think he's got some sort of contract, uh, you know, issues there that would make him pretty tough to deal. So that's probably not going to happen, even though if you think, you know, what team could use Roddy White? There's lots of teams that could use a, a you know, a, a dependable veteran receiver, but not at the, uh, the, the the contract that they'd be taking on there. Right, that's a very good point. Last note for the Falcons, Devontae Freeman, he's listed as probable with a toe injury. I believe he had the same designation last week, right? Well, you know, Freeman, just, just play him. All he does is rack up lots of yards and lots of touchdowns. And, and you know, like I was so low on him earlier in the year, uh, you know, with the Devin Col- uh, Tevin, Tevin Coleman addition. But he just keeps on, you know, trucking. And uh, Coleman, you know, barely touched the ball last week and 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 freeman is is you know his his last three weeks uh i, I haven't done the math exactly but i i would assume that he's the the highest scoring fantasy he's got to be right i mean back-to-back yeah. weeks of six touch or three touchdowns excuse me six yeah. combined and then you know, even this week getting into the end zone late let's move yeah, he was held to 153 yeah yards. exactly yeah <laughs> that, that's where we're at at this point it, it's kind of crazy considering a lot of people thought Tevin coleman this, might be seven the guy. catches too right yeah exactly the NFC West, the final division we'll talk about. St. Louis is on a bye this week after that loss, that ugly loss to Green Bay. Nick Foles kind of imploding there under pressure from that Green Bay defense. But Gurley. But Gurley looks very, very good. Yeah. Uh, probably worth that pick that, that some people question, you know, with, with Trey Mason and you know, a couple other guys in that St. Louis backfield. Some people wondered maybe if, if that was a reach for Gurley, but I think he, he might be the real deal. Yeah, and, you know, he's, he's, he's had a couple games, um, looked good. And uh, I, I think the rest will do him, do him, uh, do him well there. And uh, I mean, it's pretty much plug and play the rest of the season uh, after after the way he's looked lately. Uh, you know, after he gets a little time off there. All right, let's talk about the Seattle Seahawks. The big name that we're keeping an eye on, and really the only name, is Marshawn Lynch. He's expected back back at practice on Thursday. I'm just talking to you, Nick, so I don't get fined. <laughs> well played. Um, not really sure what's going on with this situation. It's a very odd situation. Obviously, it involves a very mercurial guy like Marshawn Lynch. So you know, not a lot has been said of it in the press. You know, he's he's on the sideline. He's not on the sideline. He's showing up to games late. Uh, Thomas Rawls, meanwhile, is, well, is running the, wild. The showing up the games late, I think that was uh, he was trying to work out the, right. some, some you know right. he, issues he, with his injury that week, and yeah, that was that was a major disappointment, um, you know, that he didn't produce that week. But I mean, all signs point to Lynch probably playing this week. Um, I mean, they they cut Rod Smith, who they they had signed as a depth running back. So anytime. A guy gets picked up to provide depth at a, a certain position. He gets cut. Then you kind of know that the guy he uh, was filling in for uh, is probably going to be okay. So, you know, Thomas Rawls um, looked good um, this last week. But, uh, you know, as long as Lynch is in the lineup, and I think he will be, you got to play him. Absolutely. And, you know, it's hard to kind of unseat Thomas Rawls uh, considering what he's done. But I think there's only a few guys in the league that they would that are clearly – uh, you know, when healthy, good enough to say, you know what, you're just going to be the number two again. And Marshawn Lynch is one of those guys. And if he's healthy and active, he's going to be the number one back there. San Francisco 49ers, Carlos Hyde did not practice with a foot injury, did some work off to the side. Reggie Bush, the backup running back, did not practice with a calf injury. Vernon Davis, knee injury. He's missed the last two games, but is said to be making, quote, significant progress. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the Hyde injury kind of came out of nowhere, um, or at least I wasn't aware of that of him having an issue um 
you know, 21 carries, 93 yards, and a touchdown last week. Reggie Bush, you know, did virtually nothing in the game. Um, I mean, let, let's let's keep an eye on this situation. Um, I, I would assume that um, unless the 49ers make some move to uh, obtain another running back in short order, that Hyde is probably going to be okay. They they have the the rugby player there, J- Jared Hayne. Jared Hayne in, in in reserve. And uh, can you imagine if that guy started? Uh, that, you know, that'd be that'd be awesome. All of Australia would tune in. Yeah, but, seriously. Uh, but yeah, like uh, Carlos Hyde, kind of been up and down, back up this week. Uh, but yeah, keep an eye on his uh, his status there after uh, after missing practice with a foot injury. All right, the final team before we finish out. This, the uh, I almost called them the St. Louis Cardinals for the second week in a row. The Arizona Cardinals, uh, baseball fever, I think, is getting it's to me after after that to, Toronto uh, game today. Yeah, whoever their quarterback was, that was good back in those days. Jake Plummer, or are we talking uh, like pre Arizona? No, I don't Plummer think I was alive was when they were the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, Jim Hart, maybe. Yeah, they. It it does get a little confusing because they never really changed their uniforms, or at least only cosmetically recently. But uh, yeah, the uh, the. The St. Louis, no, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, yeah, did I uh, did I cut you off there? Do, do we need to talk about John Brown and Darren Fells a little bit? Yeah, maybe we can talk about him a little bit. Darren Fells limited Wednesday with a hip injury. John Brown did not practice with a hamstring injury, although Bruce Arians did say he expects Brown to be on the field Thursday. Any more notes for either of those I guys? Mean, that, that's that's good that he's that he's expected to practice right. on Thursday. He actually produced uh, this this last week. Uh, you know, four catches, seventy three yards on four targets. Um, you know, but Fitzgerald generally the uh, has reestablished himself as their top target there. Um, Andre Ellington returned to action, but he's still kind of, you know, deferred to Chris Johnson. David Johnson had hardly any carries, but he ended up with two touchdowns. So that the return of Andre Ellington is great news for the Cardinals, a solid team overall. But it 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 definitely throws a, uh, you know, it, it messes with uh, Chris Johnson's fantasy uh upside as well as david johnson's so good news for them but bad news for fantasy owners all right any other notes um i don't really have anything else i don't think do you no but uh you know looking looking forward to uh this this sunday night colts patriots uh maybe not quite the showdown that uh you know was imagined when it was scheduled by the league but you know i'm sure there'll there'll be some drama cooked up uh real or imagined before then and you know they'll the uh, they'll bust out the uh, in deflated football jokes. Oh yeah, and all, all kinds oh of yeah. Stuff, I think uh, the the Patriots revenge plot will be pushed very hard as that game approaches. Uh, and what should be a very entertaining uh, night game on Sunday. Um, anything else? I don't. I don't think. I don't I think, think that's so. just about I, it. I, I feel like we, I feel I like I have, have something we should talk about. Well, we should talk about your basketball game. That's tonight. right. Yeah, I got to get to a basketball league. That's probably that's why we've been going a little bit quicker. Um, well, it's should. not the NBA. I want to be very clear. I'm not suiting up for any NBA teams. Although, um, you know, if any NBA executives are listening and you're interested, um, I don't. I don't. Did I don't think ever, I would. Did, did you ever turn that old Jaguars jersey into a cutoff basketball? Uh, not yet. I, I don't know. There's so many memories in that Mark Brunel jersey. I think I wore that for like my my fifth grade school pictures I, my mom wouldn't be very happy if i if i turned that into a workout shirt but we'll see maybe maybe the time will come on that um thank you for listening to the road to wire fantasy football podcast again we're brought to you as always by draftkings.com they are the leader in daily fantasy sports if you use the promo code road to wire when you make your deposit on draftkings you can get a free contest entry today also of course 
be sure to check out rotowire.com. That's our website. You can do that for free. If you just go to rotowire.com slash pod, you'll be able to get 10 days of premium access. You can look at any kind of roster questions you might have, trade questions, uh, read all of our articles, look at our rankings for the week, um, and you know, see if you like it and see if it helps you in week six. All right. Thanks, Nick, and good luck in your hoops game, and good luck in all your fantasy yes, leagues. Yes, good luck to everyone in week six. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.